I want to see great entrepreneurs not quitting their God-given calling. I want to see them living from this source of inspiration, a place where joy, a place where excitement, a place where contribution flows from, not the overwhelm and the defeat that they live in daily. When I realized it wasn't about me and I started to shift my lens on serving others, things dramatically changed for me. I love working alongside entrepreneurs to help them in their pursuit of these things and just make sure their motives are right along the way. I wanted them to know that there was another way. And so for me, becoming a thought leader was the vehicle to do that. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou. And boy, do we have an exciting guest lined up for you today. Today's guest is a dear friend of mine. He is a fellow brother in Christ. He is one of my clients and one of the rock star success stories of my exclusive mastermind. For thought leaders and thought leaders in the making. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary Colt Charlebois. Welcome to the show, Colt. Wow. Thank you, brother. Man, what an intro. Love it. I'm so happy to be here, man. Thanks for having me. It is truly a pleasure and honor to have you here, my friend. So, Colt, you and I, we know each other real well, but my listeners don't know you well. And the reason I brought you here is because my listeners tend to be men and women who are champions of freedom, free expression, and free enterprise. They all are entrepreneurs. They all want to make a difference in the world. They all want to grow their businesses, and they all want to do good for the people that they serve. They listen to this show because they want to be inspired. They want to learn, mm. and they want to find out how they can stand out and be branded thought leaders. Before they can really open themselves up to you, they got to get to know you. So how'd you get mm. to be the great Colt Charlebois? <laughs> well, I tell you, one of the words you said was inspired. Um, I, I absolutely love that word. I did a experiment one time, an exercise actually, where I asked the people closest to me, how do you describe me in three words? And they chose three words, encourager, inspiring. And I went back to the group and said, okay, of these three words, which one would you say labels me the best and what I have to offer? And, and it was resounding this word inspiration, your inspiration to us. And I thought, wow, that's really neat. I'm going to look up the definition of that word and just understand a little more thoroughly. Why would they choose that word for me? And what I found, Nikki, was uh, it just blew my mind. Inspiration is, I'm not going to get into the Latin on it here, but the idea here is divine breath. And it's like this movement within us that comes from God through us to others. And so I just love the heart of an entrepreneur is to inspire one another in the creative work that we do. So I did not know that. That's pretty darn cool. <laughs> so tell us your backstory, man. Where did you get started? How'd you come to the place that you are today? Well, where to begin? Um, you know, I would say that. 
Nikki, throughout most of my life, I would describe myself as driven. And I would have, I would have thought that would have, was a badge of honor for me. Like to be driven was something great. And those who weren't driven, well, maybe there's something a little bit wrong with them. Uh, but I've come to know, and it's, it's not really the greatest way to, to conduct your life. And I'll explain a little bit. I didn't really understand the heart of my drivenness, but at a young age, my parents separated. And so for me, um, it's not conscious when you're young, but I was starving for male affirmation. You know, my dad wasn't in the home with us and uh, my friends just automatically became the most important thing in the world to me. And again, you don't really know why you do these things you do, but my goals in life were all around getting affirmation from the guys. So in, in a place like high school, it's really obvious to get the guy's attention. You need to have cool stuff, great adventures, and some success with women. We'll say. So my <laughs> motto was become James, like James Bond or Zach Morris, if you're, if you're from my era. And I just figured, how can I become this, this pinnacle of masculinity, right? How do I become the man for us back then? And really, my common denominator was money. If I could just get a million dollars, then I would have the cool toys, I would have the adventures, and I would attract the woman of my dreams. And for me, that set me out on a path to discover everything I could about entrepreneurialism for right or wrong reasons. I was very drawn to, uh, to free enterprise. So moving forward, where the dilemma begins. By the time I'm 25 years old, I have failed so miserably that nothing I tried worked. I was over a hundred thousand dollars in debt, uh, including back taxes, failed real estate flip projects. And I was trying to model success to my friends when I could barely afford to eat it. Nikki, it actually got so bad. I had to move into one of my friend's basements. Okay. Just to, to paint the picture a little bit more at the time, I was a real estate agent building a, a real estate team and living in a friend's basement whom I had sold the house to. He and his, his wife lived there. She was pregnant and I'm living in their friend in the basement. And our friends are saying, why, why are you living there? Cole? Like, I thought you were the success. And it was a really humbling time because everything I had worked towards just continued to fail over and over again. And I, I didn't see a way out. So to make a long story short, it was in that basement that I had a real transformational experience. Um, with relationally broken from past relationships, not going so well, financially devastated. I just, I had lost all hope. And I was reading a book about an investor who had lost everything and was in a similar predicament, only with children and a family being his house being foreclosed on financial projects, uh, real estate developments going sour. He talked about praying this prayer of surrender. Okay. So this young driven guy sitting here uh, amongst all of his possessions, uh, you know, amounting to, to barely anything. And I'm reading about a prayer of surrender and this, this place where, you know, it challenged me to say, God, are you for real? Do you really exist? And are you really in control of my life? And so while I'm reading this, I thought the most authentic prayer was to, for some reason to get as close to the floor as possible. So <laughs> I was pressed down on this basement floor. You got to picture this. Uh, I was thinking my buddy's going to walk by the window. He used to smoke cigarettes. So I thought he'd go by the window at night and think I'm dead in there with my arms sprawled out. And I didn't know which cheek was holier. So I was actually saying the prayer on both sides, just, just to cover all my bases. Like I had to get this, uh, <laughs> the message right in order for the administration of heaven to come through for me. But the prayer was really simple. It was just, God, 
are you for real? Do you really exist? And are you really in control of my life? Because if you are, you have to have a better plan than this. Everything I do turns to crap. And so I need you to show up and I need you to show up like yesterday, like things are bad. And it was in that prayer. I, I won't say any, no warm flood of emotions, no lightning struck the house or anything like that, but something shifted in me. Like I had handed my burden off and in a wild series of circumstances, we don't have the time to get into them on this call, but I would love to. He just started showing up in ways that were beyond coincidence. He started showing up in ways that made me realize that maybe pursuing all of these objectives and these goals that were focused on myself, really all my goals, Nikki, the drivenness came from wanting to satisfy an insecurity deep within me. Mm -hmm. And so when I realized it wasn't about me and I started to shift my lens on serving others, uh, things dramatically changed for me. And so where did that lead me to today? So it, over the course of the last 12 years, uh, a deep renovation in my heart occurred, but uh, he really gave a passion to help entrepreneurs. Uh, I identify with people with this drivenness, this pursuit of these possessions and goals and accolades, and uh, they're fun and they're, they're great to achieve, but they don't really make us who we're designed to be. And so, yeah, I love working alongside entrepreneurs to help them in their pursuit of these things and just make sure their motives are right along the way. Did that, did that answer your question? What a great story. So how long were you a realtor for? I was in the real estate business probably 13 years. And yeah, and that, that's another story in itself, but God really led me out of that space into coaching, speaking, and writing. You were yeah. a successful realtor. You built a seven-figure-a-year business as a realtor. That's not nothing. That's something, that's something pretty awesome. So you had the outer trappings of success. And I want to dig into mm -hmm. that. What made you say, nah, this isn't enough? Yeah, that is a great question. We did. So my goal in real estate, um, I worked for a company called Keller Williams, and they had this book. This is why this is important. They had this book that the founder had written called The Millionaire Real Estate Agent Book. And I've for a it. guy who, you've heard of this book? I've read it. <laughs> oh, you've read it. So for a guy who wanted to make a million bucks, I got handed this book in my 20s. And I was like, this is it. This is the blueprint. This is the roadmap. You know, I drank the Kool-Aid, as they say. And my goal was, hey, make a million bucks in real estate, uh, start investing, start developing. But I wanted to do it without selling homes because like, I'd sold homes for a while. And as I started building this team, I said, I'm going to sell 100 homes without you know, actually doing a listing or a buyer personally. Um, it's just going to be all through building a team and running the systems behind the scenes. And we did it. In, in 2019, we sold, the, the team sold 101 homes and it was just shy of a, a million dollars gross income. And you know, why, why step away from that? I'll tell you, when you start praying for your purpose, Nikki, and God starts revealing it to you, attention starts to grow in you when you know you're operating in what is not your purpose. The clearer you become on where you've been called, and it, it's, it creates this tension, right? And so it got to the point where I don't know if God's grace allowed me to build the team or 
or what, but it's almost like he, he just said, Oh, you want to do this? Okay, go, go. I called you to be a coach, a speaker and a writer, but if you think you need this for your own credibility, then fine, go do it and see what happens. Um, so why did I let it go? I mean, I built a team and I'd like to say I had the wisdom to step away from my own pursuits, my own selfish ambitions to follow his. But it, the truth is I just burnt out. I completely collapsed uh, afterwards. We hit those goals and then one of the team members quit and I, I just didn't have the energy in me to rebuild. I knew it wasn't where I was supposed to be. And uh, I had been living off of, uh, you know, the little adrenaline that you get when you open up in the morning, there's urgent emails that you got to respond to. I've been living off that for so long that my body just stopped uh, producing the adrenals that I needed to survive. So, wow. That's a, that's quite a story. So you achieved success as a realtor and yet you burned out because it wasn't, wasn't your purpose. Yeah. And so you left a seven figure of your business to start all over as a coach, a speaker, a motivator. What was that like? Oh my goodness. Yeah. When you, <laughs> I think some of your listeners will probably identify with this, but when you've been chasing money for so long and it just leads to just dead end after dead end, there's a point where you say, I just don't care about the money anymore. I don't care if I live an average income. What I care more about is that the world needs to hear this message. And for me, I just see so many individuals that are, are driving so hard towards these goals that they think are important, that they've convinced themselves and everyone else that they're important. Um, but I know that the end of that road is death, physical death in their body, death in their spirits. And again, we go back to that word inspire, right? I want to see great entrepreneurs not quitting their God-given calling. I want to see them living from this source of inspiration, a place where joy, a place where excitement, a place where contribution flows from, not the overwhelm and the defeat that they live in daily. So yeah, so that, that's, that, that's what it looks like now. It looks like now, but you went into this space. You had to start from scratch. There was no income there. You went from a million dollars to zero. <laughs> what gave you the faith and the courage to be able to keep it up? And how did oh you create success here? Come on, Colt. You got to give us the good stuff. You can't just give you the surface level thing once it's all figured out. No one wants to hear that. That's not a good story. No, it's good. I appreciate you prying a little bit. Uh, what did it look like when you... Well, it started with getting away. Um, it's funny, after the burnout, I started to get some energy back. And I said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pursue some clients. Now, now, just before the real estate team kind of shut down, I was doing this as a side hobby. I had a handful of clients every week that I would coach, and it was the most life-giving thing I did. Uh, it started as an experiment that my coach had said, you know, I think you should try this out. And everyone I worked with that year doubled their business in one way or another. And so I'm like, this doesn't even feel like work to me. So I had had some experiences in coaching and had spoken at the odd event here and there. But when I started to get my energy back, I, I started pursuing clients and no one was, the doors just weren't opening. It's, everybody's like, this is great, but just not now, Cole. It's just not the right time for us. So rather than default to my <laughs> previous tendencies where I'm just going to keep driving forward, keep knocking on doors till we get this done, Nikki, I had learned a valuable lesson in, in this experience. And I prayed and I said, Lord, what's going on here? Why isn't anybody answering? You've called me into this space. 
clearly it's not to starve. So what's the deal? And during a few weeks of reflection, I really felt that he was calling me away and like a, like a father son trip, Nikki, um, I prayed about where, and I felt like this place Antigua, Guatemala was highlighted on a map. I didn't know a soul there. And out of faith, I just bought a one-way ticket. And I felt like I went down there, started writing a book and I had a little bit of funds in the account, but not a lot. And so in my time there, I, I realized he was just decompressing me from this, this chaotic driven, always busy, always on lifestyle. He was teaching me how to have margin in my life, how to live by a plan and not by every flashy opportunity that comes up. And through that process, I really learned this term, that's a biblical term, but it's abiding, how to remain in him. And, and I, I like to call it walk at the pace of peace. So I, is, when, when I get a little rattled, I don't go beyond that. So long story short, I ended up spending about three months down there. And there was a time where I felt called back. And when I returned, it was just looking at names, praying over them and approaching them to say, what are your goals and how do you think I can help? So I would sit down with people one-on-one, just one person, one conversation at a time, building up this coaching business that uh, eventually lead to speaking opportunities and yeah, a wild amount of fun encouraging people in their God-given talents. So when a man goes from being at the top of one game to starting at the bottom of another game, that's a humbling experience. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I want you to talk about that. Yeah. It, it's interesting because I find him, I lead a lot of people through a similar journey uh, by chance where as they're pursuing it, things fall apart only to realize it was never the thing. And when I was set to, to restart, you, you, all of the old insecurities came back up. All of the things that suggest that I need to be doing more all the time, more, 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 trying more, it, it all aimed to threaten that peace that I had learned from my time away. And the only saving grace for me was that I knew for certain in all of my, my times of prayer and reflection that God had called me here. So I could stand on this promise that he was going to deliver. And one by one, very slowly, very methodically, he started to build this back up in me. Uh, but for many others that I work with, it's challenging. I mean, you see these guys, like they know they're being called out of one space into another, but all of their old skills don't really apply. All of the contacts aren't always relevant. And it is a very trying time. And, and the instinct that we have, I'll just say this plainly, the instinct that we have is to try and go to some form of medication, some form of distraction, some form of dopamine hit, something to make me, Colt Charlebois, feel better about myself. So I am a, a learning junkie. Um, it's a red flag for me when I've opened three books at a time. Why am I reading, reading three books right now? That means I'm probably a little uncomfortable with the work I have in front of me or a, a conflict or a relationship conversation that I haven't addressed. So it's a lot about getting into the discomfort of our, our emotional triggers. I like it. I like it. Because I'll tell you something. I don't know too many people who'd be making seven figures and walk away from it and say, I need, I need another way. Don't know anybody actually, other than you. In fact, the people I know get into something because they want to hit seven figures, but you wanted the fulfillment. You wanted to go along the path that you felt you were guided to by God himself. And you did that. And what 
we've done some work together mm. because you, you wanted to, to be able to stand out in your space. You wanted to be able to have people recognize you as a branded thought leader, as a go-to authority in the space. Mm-hmm. Why did you feel that was important? You know, there comes a point, and, and I referred to this earlier, but when everything you're doing just isn't giving you the fulfillment and satisfaction that you thought it would, it's like, it's just not delivering on the promise. So this pursuit of success and the methods in which I thought I should be successful, and for me, it was building a real estate business, becoming a successful investor. All of it was leading to death. And and what I mean by that is I was stressed constantly. I was constantly overwhelmed. Um, The work wasn't even complicated, but there was always a tension in me. I wasn't sleeping well at night. You deal with that. You live in that so long. And for some, like I wasn't married, but I see guys and, and girls, I mean, where the tensions, they flow into their personal relationships. They're so focused on this goal that they just, they don't spend time. They're not present with their children. Their spouses are incredibly frustrated. It leads to separations. It leads to divorce. Uh, It leads to coping mechanisms that probably aren't appropriate for this conversation. I came to this place where I I just didn't want to live like that anymore. I wanted to live with joy and peace again, but knew I was called to the marketplace. So I had to give that up and, and trust that the path was going to be made clear as I stepped into it. That's my encouragement for others too, because I know that there's a lot of people listening to say like, they don't want to quit. I mean, they don't want to quit the entrepreneurial passion that's in them yet. They're frustrated with the road they're on. They don't know that God actually has another plan. Like there, there is a unique plan for you. So why did you feel that you would benefit from being branded as a thought leader. Right. I didn't answer your question, did I? No, you didn't. But that's all right. It was a great answer, though. That's why I love you. Have, I need you in my life, Nick. You keep me on track. But, uh, oh, well, I tell you, the first thing that it just this message is burning in me, I'm, if, if I'm not going to share it, then who's sharing it, right? If all of these people, I'm surrounded by entrepreneurs and I wanted them to know that there is another way. And so for me, becoming a thought leader was the vehicle to do that. Um, if I could share my story, if I could become known for a story, if I could become known for a solution for people, uh, I needed to get out there. I needed to make it commercially successful too, as we te- learn in our program, because uh, you have to sustain your living. Um, but ultimately it's about learning how to, to get this message to the world. That's, that's why I wanted to become a thought leader. And why is that beneficial to you? Why is branded thought leadership a good idea? I don't really know that there's another alternative to sharing a message. I mean, if I'm unbranded, I'm pretty much irrelevant. So uh, no one hears me. No one, no, no one's going to get to know the message. So uh, I just wanted my name to be synonymous with this message. And it's, I know in branding, if you've learned anything about marketing, uh, a personal name is the easiest thing to brand because they're associated with you and your persona and your character. So but so I want to chat a bit about some of the branding concepts that you and I talk about in mm. the work that we do. And then some we heard at our event this weekend, some that I shared, some that others shared. 
some people might be listening to this and go, well, I can't be branded. I can't be a thought leader. I'm not a celebrity. What would be your answer to them? Do you need to be a celebrity or is that really not necessary for you to be branded as a thought leader in your space? Yeah, no, I mean, there are so many reasons why people want to be successful in thought leadership, but without a brand, uh, no one knows who to go to. Who does this message originate from? Uh, one of the concepts we learned is the difference between a business, which is there to solve problems through systems and through people, and the goal being to, to be leveraged through yourself. The difference in thought leadership is about fulfillment. It's about working. It's about getting in front of people and, and audiences in order to share a message to inspire, as we put earlier. Yeah, and I think being branded as a thought leader is less about becoming famous, quote unquote. It's more about becoming professionally famous. So it's mm -hmm. about the people that are in the space that you do work in knowing who you are, not the world knowing who you are. So you don't need to have a, a, a book which has a forward written by a famous person. You need to have a book which has uh, relevant information for the people yeah. that have the problem that you solve. Because if that's the case and some people read that book, they're going to want to share the message with other people in their situation. And if you get yourself on podcasts like this one, then you have an opportunity to share that message with audiences that are relevant to you and to the work that you do. Mm. And I think that's being a branded thought leader. A thought leader doesn't mean, you know, you're Robin Sharma or Tony Robbins or Les Brown. A thought leader means you're Colt Charlebois or, or Nikki Ballou or Dr. Val Frank or Teresa Dugwell. And that inside of the sandbox that you play in, the other folks that are in that sandbox look at you and go, yeah, that fellow, that lady, they know their stuff and yeah. they can help me. That's what branded thought leadership at the end of the day is. And one of the things we've been working with you on is, well, how to brand you, how to get you out there in such a way. And I, I, I'd love it if you would talk about some of the things that we've been doing together to help you really get your brand nailed, get your mm. thought leadership crystal clear. Yeah, well, you've been a big encourager in this space for me helping get clear. And like you said, it's relevancy to a singular audience, at least to start. Right? Who are the people I'm trying to serve and how do I position myself among them? And some of the ways we've been working on, I mean, I did I, one of the concepts was the white paper we came up with. This idea of why don't I interview 31 leaders that have led over 100 people or more and get their thoughts on leadership and the world today and doc document that into a relevant piece of material that would go out uh, to my audience. And so different ways to gain exposure, share information that's valuable to them and be known for it. So various ways like that. The white paper was one of them. Podcasts are, are the next place you're pushing me to, of course. And it's fun to just have conversations that are meaningful to people and then be known for them. You did a better white paper than I've ever done. I mean, that thing is just epic. You had 31 incredible conversations with some really, really amazing people, right? Talk a bit about that process. I think that's very valuable. Well, I mean, it, it doesn't feel like work when you're, when you're talking to people that you're inspired by, right? And so one of the 
the coolest things was that I probably had access to five people that qualified for this list. So I really depended on the community uh, within eCircle and, and of course my own community outside of eCircle, the business community. And I was shocked at the types of leaders I got introduced to just by asking. That was eye-opening for me. So just to ask for a 30-minute presentation where I would ask them six specific questions, get their answers, and then document them. That was the whole experiment. And sometimes I wouldn't have anybody to call. I'd reach out to a few contacts. Before you knew it, I'm on the phone with someone who runs a $200 million company, and they're giving me all their wisdom over the years. And so fascinating project to begin with. But regardless of what we're doing, we should be interested in it, right? So this is a place of, of real interest for me. This is gold because you didn't have a lot of contacts in that space, but you reached out to your contacts, your network, your community, and their second, your second level contacts through them, their first level contacts were willing to speak to you. So you reached 31 people that you were able to put together a, a, a powerful set of questions to have really relevant, important conversations with. Now, these conversations are so powerful, Colt, that you know, some of these people really got to know and like you enough to say, hey, man, I want to know what you do. I want to know what you're all about, because you asked such good questions that it made them intrigued and it made them want to continue to be in relationship with you and potentially do business with you. So talk a bit yeah. about that. Yeah, it was it was a huge door opener for people that I didn't previously have access to. Um one of which has come back to me recently and asked me if I want to start a business with him in a matter of a couple of weeks time. So there are some of them, I, I, they're, they're waiting for a follow-up there. There's, it was just such a great way to engage as much like a podcast is as well, where you can invite people that are potential clients for you or just influencers for you to become known in the space. So the access to the, this peer group, I would say, has just begun opening doors that I believe will be fruitful for many years to come. Yeah, this fellow who wants you to start a business with them, the opportunity he's putting in front of you is an enormous opportunity. Yeah. It's an enormous opportunity. Um, we got to get this fellow to come to our next <laughs> event, Colt. We got to go. Yeah. He's got to come in September, man. Let's, let, let's, let's make that happen. But this, this is what thought leadership makes possible in the process yes. of you becoming branded and known to the right people, opportunities come your way. And yes. that's more powerful than just, I don't know, writing a book. I think writing a book's important. Don't get me wrong. I've written many books. They've opened a lot of doors. I think they're powerful, but I don't think just having your name on a book's enough. You need to have your name on a book that's relevant to the message you want to put out there and relevance to a particular audience and that enhances your credibility. It, it, it speaks to someone who's done some deep thinking because if someone just writes a book, it's, and this is a technical term, mm. a steaming pile of crap, right? <laughs> That's not really going to do anything for them. In fact, writing that book could hurt your brand rather than help it. Yeah. The, when you look at the doors that are opened in this, uh, this one individual who I can't get into the details of the proposal, but the idea he was arguably the, the, the industry leader in our city in his field. Okay. Because of the conversation we had and the ideas I had him reflect upon in that one conversation, 
I was the first person he reached out to, to partner with on the business. Now I'll stay. There's a 25 year age gap between us, right? This person's in the last quarter of their business success and they have accomplished a lot. And so when we, you know, at the, we just came back from your course, Nikki dare to win. And so one of the right. things that I picked up there and learned there just became very clear as we pursue a brand as a thought leader, no matter how successful you are in business, if you don't have a personal brand, you are extremely limited to what you can or cannot do it. It's all dependent on you. If we take a guy like Shaquille O'Neal, Charles Barkley, we we're referring to at the event, or, you know, take a big name like Tony Robbins, these guys have many, many, many businesses that they have shares in. And it's not because they're on the board of all of them. It's not because they're the one leading the helm and doing 10 different types of business. It's because they have a, a brand that is associated with their name that brings value and certain characteristics. So when a product wants more success, they associate with the brand they've created. Now, we don't need to do that on uh, you know, a global stage with retail products like Icy Hot or whatever Shaq was putting on them that day. But again, going back to our niche audience, we can have strategic partnerships just because we're positioned as someone with some intelligent things to say. And often that those intelligent things come from what we've learned from others anyway. So we can, we can really open up the doors. That's, that's, that's stellar. That's stunning. That's, that's incredible what you just said. I think that's bang on, bang on. If you don't have a personal brand, you're going to be very limited in the success that you're going mm -hmm. to put together. And your personal brand is more than a book, a podcast. It's really about you having a body of work and about you bringing that body of work in a coherent fashion in front of people that care about that work, that have problems that that work addresses, mm -hmm. acute problems that that yeah. work addresses. Victor Minaj, who's a dear friend and has been a member of eCircle and mm -hmm. one of the folks that we helped generate a ton of success, has said this, I think, as well or better than anybody possibly could, that if you're um, somebody who has taken the time to create a powerful thought leader, personal brand for themselves, you're going to be able to grow your space in your business. So, so Victor came in and as a result of the work that he did with us, he went from six to seven figures a year in, in income from coaching and consulting. He went from as an investor being able to attract and do 10 unit deals to doing thousand and 2000 unit deals. So that's two zeros added to the size of the deals that he was able to do. And one zero added to his, to his uh, annual income from coaching and consulting. So yeah. that's the power of a uh, powerful personal brand. Well, I want to give you a little bit of a credit here because you've challenged me big time in the area of what to charge, when to charge it, how to, how to structure it. Um, I don't know that I would have been able to have a month that was close to $50,000 uh, without, you know, the work that we've done together. So <laughs> can I just take a minute to thank you for that? Wow. Like what that. you're doing in this program is, is revolutionary for people like us who have a message and don't know how to basically sustain themselves and delivering it quite often. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty amazing. Thank you. Thank you. So Colt, um, you and I are teaming up. Uh, we're doing yeah, an we event at the end of November. Um, we, uh, we're still debating the exact title of the event, but it's kingdom business <laughs> is what Absolutely. we're sure we're calling it. And, um, 
it's going to be in the city of Ottawa, the capital city of Canada. Uh, that last uh, kind of weekend in November, we're looking at November uh, 25, uh, 26, 27, I think it is. Um, uh, so that's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, let me uh, take a look and make sure that I got the dates exactly right. Cause just, just don't want to mess up those dates, but well, I believe by the time this podcast, it will have a link. We'll have it. Yeah, I know. Probably but Let's just say 25. Yeah, it is 25, 26, 27. So uh, we're going to do this. We're going to do this incredible event, this, this kingdom business event. And it fits in with your thought leadership. And it fits in with some of my thought leadership as well, because it's oriented toward, uh, you know, faith-based Christian business owners. And it's about helping them navigate the intersection of, of, of putting God first in their life and in their business and still having a successful, thriving business. So mm-hmm. talk a little bit about this. Talk about why this is exciting. And let's talk a little bit about, you know, who ought to come to this event. That's great. Yeah. Well, in the business world, there are a lot of places we can go for information, how to learn marketing, how to learn structure, how to learn leadership. And in the Christian world, there's a lot of places we can go to learn about God and prayer and community and healing. Yet there's not a lot of places for those that want to walk in the center of those two worlds. Because as a kingdom business owner, as we call it, those who have surrendered their business to God and want to live his ways versus their ways, as we learned from my story, um, it brings up a whole host of challenges, opportunities as well. But decisions aren't as clear necessarily because it's not just about the bottom line anymore. It's about God, who have you called me to serve? How have you called me to serve them? And so we want to have an event for that. We want to have an event helping people get clear on their purpose, aligning themselves or realigning themselves with God, hearing stories about how others have done that and the miraculous explosion that that can cause in their business and their leadership and their life. Um, but sometimes there's a character preparation in that process, as we've kind of heard from my story. So, Absolutely. And we're going to give them fantastic tools, strategies, uh, tips, blueprints for how to grow their business around personal branding, around the importance of it and how to put it up together. We're going to be talking uh, about leadership. We're going to be talking about sales. We're going to be talking about all the businessy stuff. So it's very practical, very practical. Yeah. And it's going to be very exciting. Uh, I'll tell you, Colt, being together in a room with people after all this time, there was something pretty special about that, wasn't there? Oh. I think that's the value in itself, Nikki. Aside from, imagine we didn't have any of the amazing content that we're preparing. (laughs) Just being in the room with other like-minded Christian business owners that want to do things God's way, understanding that, walking with them. I I mean, at the core, that's what we all desire is, is to belong. And sometimes as leaders, especially Christian leaders, it can be very isolating. It's, it's like, Hey, even my business friends don't really understand the way or the reason I do things. And so we just want to form a community of people across North America, Canada wide, you know, North America, I'm sure we'll have people from all over come up to attend this that just know that they're not alone in this and that there are some practical solutions that the problems that are facing and they can honor God in the process. It's not an either or. Yeah. 
Well said, brother. Well said. So we're doing this. It's exciting. There's going to be a link for this. It's going to be available to people. We're going to do some Facebook lives and other um, uh, ways, other things to promote this. So make sure, listener, that you check this out. If you're a Christian business owner, if you know someone who's a Christian business owner, or if you're looking to step into being a Christian business owner, this is going to be a great event for you to be at. So make sure that you do that. So, Cole, you know how this episode works. We ask you as a guest expert for your top three expert action steps. These are things that you believe my listener can use in their business to take their business to another level. So what do you say? Mm. I say these might be the most unconventional ones you've had yet on the show. Possibly. <laughs> First step is to follow follow Jesus's modelness is, is to stop what you're doing and get away for a time of prayer and direction. So I call this a wilderness day where I'll even do this with fasting for 24 hours. I'll bring a journal and a Bible and just say, God, what do you want to say to me? Where do you want me to go? How do you see me? And just spend that time seeking direction. If you have a journal, reading through your journal can be a very clarifying during this time. But that's number one, is really to stop and pray for direction. And then wait on him to answer that. It might not be in a minute. It might take a few days, weeks, months, but pray for direction. The next is you need a community. I mean, you get into a community, especially a community of godly businessmen and women that are doing it for a bigger reason than just a paycheck. When you get around people that are inspired by divine revelation, they want to make a difference and a contribution in the lives of others, you walk and think at a different frequency. So that's step number two, get into a community of faith-based individuals. Number three, you know, as a, as a follower of Christ, I just want to represent him well. And I think the most ultimate way we could do that, maybe some of us aren't, you know, don't feel super spiritual or don't want to be labeled as super spiritual. That can add some other dimensions to this thing. But number three is just do what you say. If you just do what you say, you operate as a more whole, more integrous person. You'll sleep better at night and then people around you will open up more doors for you. So we have a, a, a habit of overpromising out of our, well, I'll speak for myself. I have a habit of overpromising out of my need for acceptance and my need for other people to like me. And I just have to stay on guard for that. And I encourage you to do the same. Don't overcommit yourself. Let people know you can get back to them, but do what you say. Three very good expert action steps. You're right. They're different. They're not, they're not the <laughs> average expert action step that we get on the show. Listener, Colt Charlebois is the real deal. If you've enjoyed what he shared, um, make sure that you go and check out his work. Colt, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Oh, praise God for your compliments, man. Yeah, I, I owe it all to the work that uh, he's done in me and how he led me to you in many ways, too. So uh, best way to get in touch is my personal website, coltcharlebois.com. Can learn a little more information on the site. I probably had to spell that for those who aren't Franco-Canadian, but C O L T. It'll be in the show notes, brother. Show notes, perfect. And yeah. there's a link there too for those who uh, want to be a beta reader. I have a book coming out, my memoir called "Never Enough." Uh, it's about our drivenness. So, love for a few of your guests, Nikki, that want to sign up and be be beta readers for this uh, this project <laughs> I've had in the works. Awesome, cool, awesome. I'll make sure I read that book for you too, pal. So, Appreciate listener, it. make sure you go to. Uh, his website, coltcharlebois.com. It'll all be in the show notes. 
And the show notes are going to be at eCircle, uh, sorry, at thethoughtleaderrevolution.com. Also, anywhere you listen to the podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Audible, mm-hmm. you name it, it's going to be there. Make sure you take advantage of it. And listener, if you've gotten something out of this, do me a favor, share the episode with someone who needs to hear this message. Maybe you mm-hmm. have a friend who's a Christian and a business owner who is a little uncertain about how to navigate both those worlds. This will be a great episode for them to have a listen to. Maybe you have a friend who isn't a Christian, but really would be intrigued by this conversation. It would be stimulating for them. It would open their thinking up, share it with them too. Maybe you just have a friend who loves listening to Nikki Ballou on podcasts and loves the great guests I bring on. Share it with them as well. Just make sure that you do that because that's what's going to make a difference. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's amazing guest, the one and only Colt Charlebaugh, go to thethoughtleaderrevolution.com, check out the show notes, or wherever you happen to listen to this podcast, be it iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Audible, or what have you. Until next time, goodbye. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice.